You're listening to Why, a sermon series about some of Christianity's greatest questions. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. We are in a series that we have titled Why, Why, and the truth of the matter is we probably ask that question more than any other question in our life. Why? Come on, how many of you, you see things, you hear things, things happen, and you just want to know, you just want to know why. I know in my own life, there are so many things that I see and so many things that I hear, and, and I, just, I just wonder why. Like, one of the things that I've always wondered why about is why they make scented toilet paper. You know, why? I mean, what are you going to do with that? That's why. Uh, why. Another thing that I've always wondered about is why do people say they slept like a baby? Anybody ever said that? Anybody ever said that in here? A couple people? Y'all lying up in church. Some people People say that. Do you know how a baby sleeps? They wake up like 10 times an hour. They go to the bathroom all over themselves. Are you saying that that's what you did when you say you slept like a baby? I don't understand. Why do we say that? Something else that I've always wondered why about is why does it take 15 minutes to make minute rice? It's a great, it's a great mystery. So there are all sorts of things that we really do. We wonder why about. Life really is full of why moments, why situations, and why experiences. And some of those why moments are are trivial. Some of those why moments aren't a very big deal. But then there are other moments. There are other times where things happen in our life and they, they really rock us at our core. They really rock our faith. And when things like that happen, we want to know why did this happen? Why is this going on? Why God? And so in this series, we've been looking at several of the difficult why questions that we tend to have in our life. The first week we talked about why don't I always feel God's presence? And if you miss that service, you missed a blessing, man, because God really showed up and revealed himself to us. Uh, Last week we talked about the fact, why didn't God answer my prayer? We talked about four biblical reasons why sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer. And today we're going to look at the question, why would God use me? Why would God use me? See, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them, I want to tell you the truth. Y'all aren't participating. Say, I want to tell you the truth. Now tell them, you're not that impressive. <laughs> now, if the person actually said that, don't punch him in the face, okay? But look at the person who told you that you weren't impressive and say, neither are you, right? Neither are you. We're not that impressive. In fact, I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. How many of you have the entire Bible memorized? I mean, you know it word for word. Anybody? Anybody here? Oh, yeah, a couple people word for word. No, no none of us, none of us uh, know, know the entire Bible, have it memorized word for word. What about this? How many of y'all ever lose your temper from time to time? Huh? If you ain't raising your hand, you're lying, which really proves that you're not impressive. You know what I'm saying? What about this? How many of you would just say, hey, there are times in my life where I really have messed up, and I've messed up pretty big. What about this? How many of you, you occasionally have doubts? You occasionally have doubts. See, we're not that impressive. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, I told you. We're not. Welcome to Elevate Church. We want you to feel good about yourself. Amen. So we're not that, we're not that impressive. And so sometimes we wonder why. Since I'm not impressive, why would God use me? And it's not just us who wonder Why? People all through the scriptures, that's what they wanted to know, is they wanted to know 
Why? Why would God use them? Because they had problems. They had issues. Why? Uh, In Judges chapter 6, the nation of Israel is in trouble. Uh, They have been living an evil life. They've been doing evil things. And so God has handed them over to the Midianites. And the Midianites are doing everything they can to make life miserable for Israel. And I want you to see what's going on. Look at, look at uh, uh, J- Judges chapter 6, verses 2 through 6. Here's what the Bible says. It says, Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So think about this. Israel is going through a rough time. They are having, they are having a lot of issues. Midian, the people of Midian have really made their life, again, miserable. The Israelites had to leave their home. They had to leave their lazy boy recliner. They had to leave all those other home luxuries that they were probably used to. Their dogs, their pets, man, they're, they're gone. The Midianites were taking them. Well, and so there's this fella, there's this fella though by the name of Gideon. And, and Gideon is a fellow Israelite, and Gideon is hiding with the rest of the Israelites in shelters in the mountains. And he's actually working one day. He's working to hide food. And I want you to see what, what happens. I want you to see what happens in verse 12 of Judges chapter 6. The Bible says this, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Touch your neighbor and say, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mm, he is. The angel of the Lord said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And watch what Gideon says. Pardon me, Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the land, the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon is like, hey, you know what? Uh, it, really, it really doesn't seem like God is with us. Things are messed up. Things are jacked up. We've got trouble. Things are in chaos. It really doesn't seem like the Lord is with us. And aren't there times in our own life just like that where we're going through tough times and we have chaos and we wonder, where is God? Where are you, God? Have you ever been there? That's why we started this entire series off with the question, why don't I always feel God's presence? But look at verse 14. So the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Do you see what Gideon said right there? Why? Why would you use me, God? I'm the least. I'm the least. I'm I'm no good. Why in the world would you use me? So that's the question that we're going to ask today. And the way that we're going to answer it is I want to point out three things to you this morning about the people that God often uses. If you're taking notes, you want to write these things down. The first thing I want you to see about the people God often uses is God often uses the insecure. God often uses 
the insecure. See, if you are here today, you have a past. You didn't magically appear this morning out of nowhere. You didn't magically appear with those clothes on. You have a past. And if we were all to be honest, we've got some things from our past that we're not proud of. We've got some things in our past that we want to keep hidden from other people. There really are some things in our past that even though we've buried and tried to hide them from other people, there are some things in our past that are still holding on to us and keeping us from living in the present. We, we let things like, like there's no, we, we say things to ourselves like, there's no way God can use me because of this thing I did. There's no way that God can use me because of this thing that happened to me. There's, there's no way that God can use me because of this or because of that, this issue, this problem. We have these insecurities. And in the book of Exodus, we get introduced to a fellow who has some insecurities. His name is Moses. And Moses grew up in the halls of royalty in Egypt. He really did. He, he lived in Egypt until he was 40 years old. The only reason he left Egypt was because he killed a man. He actually saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Israelites, and so he killed, he killed the Egyptian. And so, so he gets scared. He gets worried because murder is a big deal, and he figured there were going to be consequences for what he had done. And so he goes and he lives his life on the run. He runs, and while he's on the run, he meets a woman by the name of Zipporah, and him and Zipporah, they end up getting married, and he ends up working for her father, watching his sheep, and so he's on the backside of a mountain watching sheep. For 40 years, he watches sheep. Day after day, for 40 years, he's trying to keep sheep safe. For 40 years, he's trying to feed sheep. For 40 years, he's trying to shepherd sheep day after day, night after night. He's singing to sheep. He's talking to sheep. Sheep, 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 sheep. You think you got a bad job. <laughs> Moses had a bad job. You know what I'm saying? He had a bad job. He really did. And, and, and so, and he's 80 years old, though. When he's 80 years old, something very interesting happens to him. He's walking along, and he sees a burning bush. This burning bush is there, and it's not being consumed. And God begins to speak to him from that burning bush. And God tells Moses, I've got some big plans for you. I've got something special I want you to do. I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. So Moses basically realizes, hey, you know what? Uh, what God is asking me to do, that, that's a pretty big thing. That's a pretty big thing, and I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. Moses thinks, you know what, God, you better get somebody else to do that. I'm serious. Look at what Moses says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. The Bible says this, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. You see that? Moses is insecure. A lot of scholars believe that Moses had a, a stuttering problem, that he had something wrong with his speech. And, and so maybe you've said something similar like that in your life. Maybe you don't, you don't say, God, you can't use me because I've got a stuttering problem. But, but maybe you've said, you know what, God can't use me because I'm not very outgoing. God can't use me. I, I, I'm too young. God can't use me. I'm too old. God can't use 
me. I'm terrified of crowds. God can't use me. I'm not smart enough. God can't use me. I'm not strong enough. God can't use me. I'm this, I'm that. God can't use me. You don't have any confidence. Well, if you don't have any confidence, that's great. You don't need confidence anyway. What you need is some confidence. You know what I'm saying? You need some confidence. It's not that you're confident in yourself. You need to be confident in God. God is so powerful. He spoke this world into existence. He said, let there be light, and there it was. He said, let there be land, and there it was. Let there be water, and there it was. We serve an all-powerful God. Don't put confidence in yourself. Put confidence in God. That's what we need. We confidence in him. See, listen to me. Every week before I preach, and I, I say this a lot, but every week before I preach, man, I hear these voices in my head. I want you to think I'm crazy or something like that. But, but I hear these voices that say, you don't need to go up there. You're not good enough. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. They don't care what you have to say. God can't use you. Robert, I, I have those insecurities. I have those insecurities, and, and, and sometimes it's really hard to get past those insecurities. A couple of weeks ago, though, I got this, I got this letter from, from somebody at our church, and they said, Robert, don't ever doubt your calling or that God is using you. Because if it wasn't for you and your calling, my kids would have no mother. My husband would have no wife, and my parents would have no daughter because I'd be dead. Now, I don't, I don't say that. I don't share that to, like, brag on me. I, I don't. I say that because it encouraged me that in spite of my many flaws and in spite of my many failures and in spite of my insecurities, God can and will still use me. I don't have to have confidence in myself. I've got confidence in God. God used a big fish to get, God's, to get Jonah's attention. God used a donkey to get Balaam's attention. If he can use a fish and a donkey, he can use me. He can you know what I mean? And, and he, can use, he can use you. Moses had insecurities. And look what God told him in Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. Watch this. The Bible says this. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It is, it, is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I'll be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. God basically looked at Moses and said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm going with you. I'm going with you. So listen, if God is calling you to do something, you don't need confidence in yourself and in your abilities. God says, as you go, I'll go with you. I will help you. I will instruct you. Some of us, again, we need to get some confidence this morning. We really do. So God often uses the insecure but the next thing I want you to see is that God often uses the unlikely. God often uses the unlikely. Now listen, if you're the smartest person, if you're the funniest person, or the most talented person, I want you to know that God can still use you. He really can. He can. But God prefers to use ordinary people. He specializes in using people that other people overlook. 
That's what he, I want you to see this. I'm, I'm serious. One time in the history of Israel, it was time for them to get a new king. And so God tells a prophet by the name of Samuel, look, I want you to go down to Jesse's house, and I want you to anoint one of his sons as the new king in Israel. And so, I mean, Samuel's excited. He's on his way down to Jesse's house. He's on his camels. They're rolling. They're going to Jesse's house. He gets to Jesse's house, and he says, Jesse, God sent me here to anoint one of your sons as king. And so, you know, Jesse was like, ooh, one of my sons? What? And so he says, well, let me go get my boys. And so he brings his boys in. He brings his boys in. He lines them up. You know, his wife made sure they looked all good and all that, made sure their cowlicks were sticking down. He brings them all in there. And Samuel's looking at the boys. And here's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, verses 6 through 7. Watch this. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Now, now I, I don't know exactly what he looked like, he, he was probably ripped. He was probably big swole. You know what I'm saying? He was much a man. And, 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 and Samuel looks at him and says, that's God's guy. That's God's guy. But look at verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, Samuel was looking for the obvious, but God chose the unlikely. God chose the youngest. He chose David. He chose the one who wasn't even invited in the house in the first place to meet Samuel. He chose the one who was out there watching sheep in a field. God chose the unlikely, and he still does. See, listen to me. Every week, we try to show y'all just a, a little video uh, we call them life change videos about how God has, has, used, has used Elevate Church to really change the lives of the people here at our church. And, and last month, you heard from a person named April Daly. April Daly, she's a blessing to us. And last month, we saw her testimony, and what she basically said was, she said something along the lines of that she was blessed to clean the toilets at the church. Now, here's what's amazing. Because of what she said, and because of her video testimony, we've had other people step up and say, I want to do that. I, I want to I do something like that. And they're not saying they want to they step up and, and, and do stuff like that just because they want to do something fun. I, I assure you, if you want to do something fun, it's not cleaning toilets, right? I mean, how many of y'all like to do that at your house? No. Nobody? I didn't see no. I saw one person. They, you know what I mean? But when somebody messes it up, you don't want to. You don't want to be in there. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, but it's amazing to me. They're not wanting to do those things for fun. They're wanting to do those things to get closer to God. They're wanting to do those things to better serve God. They're wanting to do those things to give back to God. It's amazing. God uses a video about one of our members talking about cleaning to inspire others to give and to serve God in a better way. That's amazing. That's amazing. God uses the unlikely. So why would God use us? Because God often uses the insecure, because God often uses the unlikely. And the last thing that I want you to see this morning is that God often uses the broken. God often uses the broken. See, if you know anything about the disciples, you know that they were pretty rough guys. And if there was uh, one guy who was very vocal in the group about, about serving God and about wanting to do something great for God, it, it, was, it, was, it was Peter. It was Peter, and he was pretty rough, pretty rough. But on the night in which Jesus is betrayed by Jesus, 
Jesus, I mean by Judas, sorry, on the night in which Jesus is portrayed by Judas, Jesus looks at the disciples and he basically says, hey, you know what? All of you guys, you're going to abandon me. You're going to abandon me. You're going to leave me. And you know what Peter says? Peter, Peter looks at Jesus and here's what he says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 35. Peter insisted, even if I have to die for you, I'll never deny you. He's pretty vocal, right? Pretty, hey, hey, you know what, Jesus? Man, everybody else might roll out on you, but we're friends, man. We ride together. We die together. Disciples for life. You know what I'm saying? That's what he says. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to deny you. And, and, and Jesus looks at him and says, no, you're going to deny me. You're going to do it. And if you keep reading, the Bible says that Peter denies Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. In fact, the third time that Peter denies Jesus, a person actually looks at Pete and says, you know what? I think you're one of those that's been closest to Jesus this whole time. And look at what happens in Luke chapter 22, verses 60 through 62. The Bible says this. And Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. So he denies him three times. And watch this. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Weeping bitterly. Peter was broken. He was broken. And I'm just going to say, you don't mess up any bigger than that. You don't, you don't, G, Peter locked eyes with Jesus. Jesus was right there. And Peter says, I don't know who that is. And they look eye to eye. You don't mess up any worse than that. I assure you, whatever you have done in your life, it's not that bad. You say, well, I've been divorced. I've lost my cool. I make all sorts of stupid financial decisions. I blew it. I'm an, I'm an, I'm an addict. I, I've got all these addictions. I've messed up. Look, that's okay. We've all messed up. We've all messed up. Peter messed up big. And after Jesus dies and resurrects, Jesus goes to Peter. And you know what? Jesus forgives Peter. He forgives him. He forgives him. And then later on, guess who God uses to preach on the day of Pentecost? Peter. Peter. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, I want you to see what happens because Peter preaches. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Man, that's a good day. That's a good sermon. That's a good message. But I want you to see something about Peter's message, and I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. I want you to see something. When Peter preaches... The people ask him, how should we respond? How should we respond? And look at what he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. The Bible says, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. For the forgiveness of your sins. See, when Peter preaches... He preaches about Jesus. He preaches about the resurrection. But he makes sure he preaches about forgiveness. Why? See, there was no one better 
to preach about forgiveness than Peter, the one who had messed up, the one who had actually received forgiveness. And so I'm telling you this morning, whatever it is in your life that you have done that you think is unforgivable, you may think there's no coming back from it. I want you to know that God forgives. And if you'll receive his forgiveness, he'll use your story about how you receive forgiveness to change the lives of more people than you will ever know. Why? Because God often uses the insecure. He often uses the unlikely. He often uses the broken. He often uses people just like each and every one of us. God is that good. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but I wonder today if there's somebody here and you know you need to receive forgiveness of your sins. You know today that you need to be saved. You know today you need to give your life to Christ. I promise you there is nothing you have done, nothing you have done that God won't forgive. And so if you're here today and you know you need to be saved right where you are, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand because I want to pray for you. You know you need to be saved. You need to give him your heart. You need to give him your life. Amen. Look, if you raised your hand, I just want you to pray right where you are. Father, today, forgive me for my sins. All of them. Father, I confess you as Lord. I need a Savior. And you are the Savior. So I give you myself. I give you all of me. And I ask, Father, that you would come into my heart. That you would mold me into the person that you want me to be. Thank you. Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Father, I also want to pray for each and every person in this room, Lord, who sometimes have doubts that you want to use them. Father, help us to realize today, Lord, that you can use us, that you will use us no matter what we think is holding us back. Lord, you are greater than that thing. You are more powerful than that thing. And so, Father, I pray that you would use us to change this world for you. I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.